the Bible is much more than a simple book to read. God's Word is something we are to live by. Scripture is what every characteristic of who we are should be centered upon. I don't want to give the wrong impression here. I felt this on a daily basis. Still, I won't allow the failures of yesterday to prevent me from applying effort today. I go through the process of confessing when I'm wrong. I give the best effort I had to repent of my sins. I pick up my cross and I try again. After all, this is exactly what God's Word tells me to do. In my opinion, and that's all it is is my opinion, I have neither stats nor numbers to back my belief. But I believe Scripture is losing its significance in the society we live in today. As a father of a little girl who's getting ready to turn four turn five years old, this scares me. We don't have to look very far through the scriptures to see what takes place when this happens. Judges chapter 2 verses 10 through 15 tells us how the story will end. And all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. And there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord or the work that he had done for Israel. And the people of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who brought them out of the land of Egypt. They went after other gods from among the gods of the peoples who were around them and bowed down to them. And they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served the Baals and the Ashtoreth. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel and he gave them over to plunderers who plundered them. And he sold them into the hand of their surrounding enemies so that they could no longer withstand their enemies. Whenever they marched out, the hand of the Lord was against them for harm, as the Lord had warned and as the Lord had sworn to them. And they were in terrible distress. I think the current church current church deserves a lot of the blame for this. It's our own doing, regardless of the denomination or the church or congregation. We've allowed scripture to become something we manipulate and twist or turn for our own motives and agendas. And again, I, I'm not listing a particular denomination or church. I, I think there's too many involved to list here. And I'm not here to run off names or list people I see as a false teacher or preacher. I'm sure you already have a list that comes to mind. My purpose is to be part of the change for both my generation and my daughters. I have to create revival, not necessarily in the world around me. That'll never happen until there's revival in my own heart. Unless God's word becomes more of who I am, this doesn't take place. Maybe you're tuning in because you also want to be part of creating change. I think Psalm 19 is a great place for us to begin. According to the commentary in the English Standard Version Study Bible, this psalm celebrates the gift of God's Torah or covenant instruction as a perfect guide for life. 
The goal of this psalm is to enable God's people to admire his word so strongly that they will work and pray hard to have it shape their character and conduct. The person who will keep God's instructions, attend to them carefully, watch over them, and treasure them, will find that their way will more and more reflect God's own character. This psalm reflects the view that the Lord, who abounds in steadfast love and faithfulness, and who therefore freely and fully forgives his people when they confess their sins, loves his people without limit, and therefore also guides the faithful in the way of life that is genuinely good and beautiful. The psalm speaks the language of one ravished with moral beauty to which there is only one fitting response. To try and, re to try and reproduce this beauty as much as possible in one's daily life. And again, that's that's nothing I wrote on my own. That's available to everyone to read right there in the commentary in the English Standard Version Study Bible. Anyway, uh, Psalm 119, for the record, it is the longest chapter throughout the entire Bible. There's 176 verses in total. Far too much for me to discuss and go over in one podcast episode. Instead, I'll break this down verse by verse over our next eight shows. I can't think of a better example in all of Scripture of how important a role God's Word should play in our daily lives. I'll start by completely reading through the text we're covering, which for tonight's show it'll be... Psalm 119, verses 1 through 24. I'll completely read through this text, then we'll come back and dig a little deeper into what the psalmist is saying. I have also put together eight steps for making the Bible the center of who we are. We'll go over one at the end of every show. And for the record, I've I've put a lot into this over the last the last week. Today is Monday, June eighth. Regardless of where you live, you know what's been going on here in the United States since the death of George Floyd. And I want to make this perfectly clear I don't want to take away from the situation and the change that's needed a black man was murdered by a white police officer both race and social injustice are a huge huge issue in the United States and I'm not trying to downplay that whatsoever how However, th th there's also a ton of other things going on in our world right now from the coronavirus and how we as a church and as Christians have responded to that. And I think every issue we are facing right now during this time, it can all go back to the Bible, God's Word, not having its proper place in our life. You know, so easily we hear popular preachers and teachers who take scripture out of context and we try to fit it in to accommodate our lifestyle. And as long as we are okay with that as a people, we are going to live in a world that looks crazy by all outside appearances. Until we're willing to look at God's word for exactly what it is and give it the proper place and position in our life, regardless of what the issues are, they're never going to change or get better. I'm a firm believer in the fact that 
there's always going to be issues with race. There always have been. That's not going to change. But the way we respond has to. It's just, like I said, when we got started with tonight's show, I've got a daughter who's getting ready to turn five years old. I don't ever want her to have to live through something like this. And unless enough of us my age, my generation and older, the next generation isn't going to create this change on their own. It has to be in the process now. It's something we have to teach them. And until we have the Bible at the center of every area of our life and who we are as individuals, things will never change. So I've done a lot of reflecting on this over the last couple weeks. And I just, I thought, Psalm 119, you know, what what better part of Scripture to use to put God's Word in the right perspective. So I'm going to grab a drink of water. We will read through again tonight. We will be, we will be covering verses 1 through 24. I'll read through, I'll read through the text in its entirety and then we'll come back and I have 11 notes written out for tonight so let's get started Psalm 119 verse 1 blessed are those who weigh is blameless who walk in the law of the Lord Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. Then I shall not then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it against, by guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke, you rebuke the insolent accursed ones who wander from your commandments take away from me scorn and contempt for I have kept your testimonies even though princes sit plotting against me your servant will meditate on your statutes your testimonies are my delight they are my counselors 
Again, that was verses 1 through 24. And, uh, you know, this passage here, these 24 verses, they're just so packed full. If If you take the time and read through them, I actually, I wanted to do that a little slower than I did. But I'm putting a lot of effort into keeping this episode under 30 minutes. And we are right at 15 now. So I I encourage you to do that. If you read back over through this later, read that as slow as you can and just, you know, chew up and digest every word as you're reading it and let it soak in. And this shows you the significance that God's Word is supposed to have on our life. It's not simply supposed to be something that we read. It's something that, we live by it's something that plays several significant roles in who we are so to get started here verse one blessed are those whose way is blameless who walk in the law of the lord to walk in the law of the lord doesn't mean you believe in Jesus or that you go to church every Sunday. It means you live a life according to God's law without a firm understanding and application of God's word. This is impossible. You know, you're not going to be able to live by God's law if you don't know God's law. And the only way you do that is actually by by spending time on a regular basis in your Bible. If the only time you have your Bible open is for the 60 to 90 minutes during church on Sunday morning, there's no way you're going to be able to do this the way God wants us to. So that's important, and that's something we're touch on again through each of these next episode, next eight episodes where we cover is. Psalm 119. And here we go. And no, I don't have a note for every verse, but they are in order. Um, As I said, I've got what? I've got 11 notes here. Some of them will be a couple verses back to back, and then at times a verse or two will get skipped. But uh, moving on here to verse 2. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. There's a huge difference between seeking something and simply giving a quick look. What are you doing to spend time actually seeking God every day? And the answer has to be something much more than spending time talking to Christians on social media. If that's how you spend time seeking God, you're never going to get a clear image. And you know, I was thinking about this other day. I I can't remember what we were doing, I think. My daughter, Victoria, and I were leaving to go pick up a pizza. And we walked, we made it all the way out to my truck before I realized that the doors were locked and I didn't have my keys. So we went back to the house. I I looked over my desk. I looked all the places I normally put my keys and I didn't see them anywhere. Now, keep in mind, I wasn't seeking I was just giving a quick glance. You know, I, I looked over my desk, I looked on the table, I looked at the countertop and couldn't find it anywhere. And as I started to realize more and more that I did not know where my keys were, then it went a little bit from giving a quick glance to where I was actually seeking and searching for my keys and I actually found them in the pocket of a pair of shorts that were in the dirty clothes. It was a last desperate attempt. I spent about 30 minutes looking other places, 
We had already called and had the pizza delivered because we weren't going to make it in time. But the point is, I needed my keys and just giving a quick glance or looking around wasn't enough. I had to actually search for them. I had to seek them out. And it has to be the same way in how we approach God. You know, some days I can bow my head and begin praying and I can instantly feel a connection with the Holy Spirit. And then there's other days I literally will spend several minutes at a time just crying out, begging God, and I cannot feel Him whatsoever. And it's when I have to dig a little deeper and put a little bit more effort into things. I, I have to actually seek God out. And if the Bible is going to play the role in our life, it's meant to. We have to get to that level. We have to get to where we're not simply reading a book. We're studying God's Word. We have to be seeking out the knowledge that we're looking for. On with note three. And this is at verse four. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. And this word, you know, I, I'm an Old Testament buff. buff. Uh, Old Testament's kind of... It's what I'm known for. It's where the focus of my study was in school when I studied theology. And I love this word diligently. It, it's used over and over. It, well, we, it's also in chapter 2 of Joshua that we read when we started the show. Uh, the definition of that, because, you know, sometimes we're, we're quick just because of how easy it is just to read or hear a word and assume that we know what it means or at least be close enough to it. And you, you can't do that with the Bible. You have to know what you're reading. You, you don't just guess and hope you're close. You actually spend time making sure you know. So diligently, the definition is constant in effect to accomplish something attentive and persistent in doing anything. And this word right here, painstaking. Uh, diligently can be painstaking. And I, I just want to know, can you say that you are diligently keeping God's precepts? You are keeping God's precepts diligently. That you are putting great effort, let's say here, constant in effort to accomplish something. Are you constant in your efforts to follow God's word and to obey his law? As much as I love to sit here and tell you I'm perfect at this, I can't. I can't say that. I'm sure there were times throughout the day where being obedient to God is very important to me. And then there's instances where I think no one's looking and I can get away with something, something, and it always ends up biting me in the butt. So uh, that, that was a definition there, and I got that from Webster's Dictionaries where you find that. So on with verse 7. One nineteen verse seven, I will praise you with an upright heart when I learn your righteous rules. The psalmist says here, when I learn your righteous rules. Learning doesn't just happen. It requires both time and great effort to learn something. How important is God how important is learning God's rules to you? This should be backed by the amount of time you spend reading your Bible. And so, you know, maybe um, maybe you fit into the many, many, many Christians that, you know, God's full of grace and mercy and all of our sins are forgiven. Yes and amen. Um, if that's 
how you want to roll with it. You know, the fake you is doing just fine. Uh, show up to church every Sunday morning, read your Bible, say hello to a few people, and we'll see you again next week. But if you really want to feel the effects of God's word, if you want them to play, a, if you want Scripture to play a role in transforming your heart and creating you into a new person, this is something you have to learn. Like I had mentioned earlier with my daughter's generation, that it's something our generation has to teach her. They're not going to pick it up on their own. It's the same way when it comes to learning God's law. And again, plenty of time is needed personally, just one-on-one -on -one with your Bible, just you and God's Word, somewhere peaceful and quiet. But also you need other people, you know. Um, well, that, that ties into another another note later on so we're we're talk about that in a few minutes let's go on here to uh verse 9 119 verse 9 how can a young man keep his way pure by guarding by guarding it according to your word throughout psalm 19 or throughout Psalm 119, we read of many things God's word is to be used for. Guarding, leading, teaching. The only way this happens is by intimately knowing scripture. If your Bible is only open for an hour once a week at church, this will never be reality for us. So, you, you know, if, if we want God's Word to fulfill all these rules that the Bible tells us that it can and will, you know, the Bible is only going to be as important in your life as you make it. You know, I, I'm like the time I spend with my daughter, that's important to me. So because of that, I make sure I spend as much time with my daughter as I can. I don't, there's no just once a week or nothing like that. It's every extra minute that I have available, I make sure I'm with my daughter. And if knowing the Bible, knowing and living by God's word is that important to us, we have to look at it with that same approach. So on now to verse 11. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. There's a huge difference between our mind and our heart. And if you notice throughout this, this Psalm 119 and then throughout the Bible altogether, both the Old and New Testament, we constantly see heart mentioned. You know, God's word is supposed to be significant in our heart. It doesn't say our mind or in our brain or in our, activ our activities and what we're doing. It constantly refers to our heart throughout scripture. There's a huge difference between our mind and our heart. The enemy has constant access to our minds when both God and his word are kept at the center of our identities. Our hearts are always off, off limits to the enemy. And so that, that's what we need here. You know, uh, I, I think it was C.S. Lewis, yeah, in the book Screwtape Letters, he talks about how the enemy distracted him with the simple thought of what he was going to eat for lunch or dinner. And that's the same way when, the, you know, Scripture can be in our mind and we can think about it, and that's good. But the enemy we're up against, he has access to our minds. We are 
this generation, my generation of 30-somethings and 20-somethings, <clears throat> our minds are so influenced today. Um, I won't get in a whole lot on my opinion of the mainstream media, but uh, I'll tell you this, I don't watch it. You can make it out of that whatever you want. But not even that. You go through Facebook or Twitter or social media. The enemy has access to what we think and our thoughts in so many different ways. It's not enough just to memorize scripture and know it off the top of your head. God's word has to be planted deep inside of our heart. It has to be part of our soul and who we are. And that's the only way we can live according to these laws like the psalmist is telling us here in Psalm 119. So now verse 12, 119 verse 12. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. In order to have God's word at its proper place in our life, we must go out of our way to always remain teachable. We read here the psalmist says, we're going to go right here, Blessed are you, O Lord, teach me your statutes. So if we're not remaining teachable, you know, God's sovereign, He can do whatever He wants, but we have to be willing to learn something. So, yes, this definitely includes personal study time in the Bible. But we also need to have someone else pouring into our lives. Rather, it's a mentor, a pastor, or other church leader, or even an organization such as Gospel Grammar. You know, we, we do quite a bit both with our website and our social media pages and we're doing more of these podcasts here to where that, that that's our main focus is to teach others about God's word and to inspire them to apply the Bible into their daily lives and to let it mold and shape them into who they've been created to be so you know if you don't have any anyone doing this for you if you don't have one of these close relationships with a mentor or a pastor or a church leader you know follow us again our website all of our info is available through our podcast profile here but our website is gospelgrammar.org and you can have access to all of our social social media pages and our youtube channel through there Now, um, chapter, er, chapter 119, verse 16. I will delight in your statues, statutes. I will not forget your word. It, it requires a lot of effort not to forget something. No, rather you're somebody like me who I always you could see me anywhere rather you see me at the gas station buying a soda or if you see me at daycare picking up my daughter wherever you see me I always have a small notepad and pen with me because I have to write things down if I don't give some kind of effort I'm going to forget anything that's important in my life um, you know, today was Monday. My daughter had ballet at 5 o'clock today. So I had to go pick her up early from daycare. I had to make sure I remembered her ballet clothes so I could have her ready. I think I probably wrote six or seven notes 
from yesterday afternoon. I had one on my daily planner. I had one on my steering wheel. I had one in my Bible because my Bible is the first thing I open every morning. So I, I made sure I, I put effort into making sure I did not forget my daughter had ballet today. And it requires effort not to forget something. The Bible has to be important in our lives. Scripture isn't something we read, it's something we study. God's Word isn't simply a history to learn from, it's knowledge we are growing, to, growing towards. So like, you know, maybe not this instance where I'm sitting here and I know all I'm doing is reading through a passage to do this podcast, but any time I open my Bible, whether it's what I do in the morning or what I do before bed or throughout the day several times, I spend a little bit of time in my Bible. I always have a pen and a highlighter. I'm one of those, I mean, I'm by trade, I'm a writer. So I, that just comes natural. And I don't say all this to brag about the time I spend in my Bible or the notes that I take or anything like that. What I'm saying is it's only going to be as important as you make it. If making sure you don't forget what you read when you spend time in God's Word, if that's important to you, you're going. there's going to be activity involved with reading. And I, I'm real big when I'm working with other men. You, you don't read the Bible. You, you study the Bible. And this is something we're going to talk about in much more detail later, later as we wrap this up. But if, if you want to make sure Scripture is something that you're not forgetting, you have to make it an important part of who you are. So on now, uh, verse 18. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I just want to read that again. I, I, I love this verse. Open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. And every time we read our Bible, we should be learning something new about God as far as who he is, his characteristics, what he's done, what he wants to do. Every single time, I don't care if you're reading your favorite chapter in the Bible or if you're reading part of scripture you've never read before. Every single time that you read your Bible, you should learn something about God that you did not know before you start reading. And prayer has to be a significant part of this. You know, I... uh Again, I, I'm not saying this to sound holier than thou or anything like that. I'm just saying it, it's how this works for me. Is I spend a great amount of time praying before I start reading the Bible. And then we, we hear all the time, you hear people saying they're praying through the scriptures. I remember back in 2012 when Jesus first became important to me important to me I would constantly hear that and I would get so frustrated because people would say you know I was praying through the scriptures and over and over and over again I I would hear pray through the scriptures but no one would tell me how to pray through the scriptures and I, you know, I didn't want to sound like an idiot because, I mean, I was an adult. I was 30 years old, and I had believed in Jesus my entire life. You know, I, I knew 
he was the son of God. I knew what he accomplished on the cross. I knew he was my only means of salvation. I just up until 2012 did not care whatsoever about eternity. Um, you know, when Jesus first came and when Jesus first became important to me, I was living at a faith-based recovery home for men suffering from drug and alcoholic alcohol addiction. So that pretty much sums everything up right there. But I was very connected with an amazing church down in Jacksonville, Florida. And I had some godly men just pouring into my life that would have walked me through this step by step if I would have been willing to ask, if I would have pushed my pride and ego out of the way. So uh, if you can relate to that, if, if you're one of the people here, hear the phrase pray through scriptures and you have no idea how to even go about starting to do that, the best thing I could tell you is when I, re when I pray through scripture, which is a part of every time I read the Bible, I read really slow like I'm reading to my, my daughter who's getting ready to turn five years old. And by doing that, that allows me a chance to just really digest God's word and chew it up really good and not only read it for exactly what it is, but it also gives me the opportunity to think of how that looks applied directly to my life and how I can relate. And if you, if you just start doing that, I promise it's going to grow from there. And now you know that's there's no better prayer than simply praying God's word. Just repeating to him what he's made relevant to all of us so that that's always the most meaningful part of my prayer life throughout every day so now we're going here uh just about wrapped up verse 19 i am a sojourner on the earth hide not your commandments from me and when I read this the other night, when I was preparing for this for this episode and writing out these notes I've been reading, hide not your commandments from me. When I read that, when the psalmist is saying this to God, hide not your commandments from me, that, my mind goes to and if God does hide them, how willing am I to search? You know, if I'm wanting to apply God's word to my life, his commandments in my life, am I expecting everything to just be black and white and I'm going to pick up on it instantly? There's no thought process or anything whatsoever. It just, God says jump and I ask how high. But what if it's not that easy? You know, what if I don't understand what I'm reading? What if I don't have a translation that's making sense and clicking in my mind right now? If I don't want God to hide his commandments, how, <clears throat> how much effort am I willing to put into searching for them? And if you can't answer that, honestly that you're willing to apply effort you're gonna re, re, you're gonna forget everything that you read as soon as you close the book nothing's gonna stick it's not going to bear fruit there's going to be no transformation we have to be willing to put action into our faith and action into what we're reading. We have to go out of our way to dig as much as we can for what it is God's wanting to reveal to us through his word.
<clears throat> and our last note before we get to my point tonight, chapter or verse 24. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. The counselors. And by the way, after after what I just said, I do everything gospel grammar related. I use uh, ESV, the English Standard Version. So uh, you know, we we do we get we do get followers here on our podcast and our website that you know they are brand new to the Bible, and so. I recently had someone ask me through an email, you know, I'm reading the same verse and the same chapters you're reading in your Bible. Why are mine different? And it just, you know, they were new to Bible study. They didn't realize, they just thought a Bible was a Bible was a Bible. And so I reached out to them and let them know, you know, my, my recommendations, what I thought. But that there's no, there's not a best translation of the Bible. It's just what is easiest for you to comprehend what you're reading. And this this isn't the only version I use. Like the notes I prepared for this that we just went over. You know, when I was digging through scripture and preparing these notes, I had an ESV Bible open. I had a my King James just because that's always right there and then I've also been using quite a bit this newer Christian standard version so you know and I encourage you to do that if you're wanting to get serious about studying the Bible you know do use more than one one translation look for the difference not so much to distinguish which one's right or wrong just you might catch on to something differently and God reveals something to you that you are missing. So, uh, but anyway, here, um, again, verse 24, your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. And God's word should be the first place we look for both advice and direction. That word there, counselor, you know, when you see a counselor, that's what you're doing. You're, regardless of the situation or the circumstances, you're there to get advice. You're there to get direction. You are there to be pointed the right way to go. And this tells us here that God's law, His Word, the Bible, is to be our counselor. And there's no way that happens whatsoever unless we are familiar with what we're reading. And so I, I mentioned before we dug into Scripture, before we started reading the text, I mentioned I had, we're, we're discussing Psalm 119 for the next seven episodes after this. So eight altogether. I've got eight, eight steps here to take. For making God's word the center of our life. And, um, you know, just like everyone else, no, I am not a perfect Christian. I have more sin than I could rattle off. Uh, I've made some horrible, horrible, horrible mistakes in my life. Bible is very important to me though and there there's plain times where I fail to demonstrate that on a regular basis but the Bible is very important to me it's part of who I am and here are some of the steps that I've taken <coughs> excuse me through the last eight years to get it to where it is now in step one, the step we're going to focus on this week, and I mentioned a little earlier, don't sit down to read the Bible. Sit down to study God's Word. 
reading is something you do to pass time. Rather, it's a sports article, a news article, whatever it is. So we've all done it. You get bored. You're watching TV. It's a commercial. You're in line at store, whatever. Whenever there's time to pass and you need something to do to keep from being bored, you read something. That's reading. Studying is something we do to both learn and grow. And it is until we stop reading the Bible and start studying God's Word, it's not going to stick, you know. Um, it's, it's not going to be something we live. It's simply something we read. And that, that is so dangerous for Christians, for people who want them, who believe in God, who just aren't familiar with the Bible. There's so much that you're missing out, and that has to change. That's what, because yes, we, we come to saving faith, we're indwelled with the Holy Spirit, sanctification begins to happen, and that's a lifelong process. But by studying and learning and growing with God's Word, that's how fruit is bared. That's how changes happen. What I mentioned before earlier, you know, the significant changes I would like to see in my daughter's generation from mine, what we're facing right now specifically, until more people are willing to study the Bible and to allow allow the knowledge they learn to have an effect on who they are, nothing is ever going to change. And so just think about that. You know, are you reading the Bible or are you studying it? Are you allowing it to affect and shape who you are? So I'm looking at my timer and we're at 52 minutes. Uh, the original goal was to stay under 30, but that's okay. I think tonight has been a a great episode. I know um, I know I'm looking forward to this these next seven shows after tonight's. I, I really encourage you to you know don't don't sit down and try to read the bible you know i i'm not big on the in fact i don't encourage at all the whole one year plan reading the bible in a year because you get you know life happens and you get a couple days behind and you can almost feel trapped so i i would recommend you know just if you're new to Bible reading, just start with a few verses, maybe a chapter at the most. But in all honesty, if you don't really know Scripture and know the Bible, if you're reading more than a chapter at a time, you're not going to retain what you're reading. So, you know, sit, when I study God's Word, I have a notebook, I have a pen, I have a highlighter. That's me, though. I'm a writer. The important thing for you is to figure out how you can make the time you spend with God's Word as personal to you as possible. And just work with that and grow with that and develop it as you go along. So that is our show tonight. Thank you very much for tuning in. And I look forward to the next one. Good night and God bless.